0: Hello, Marvelites, who are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 506. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M.
1: A likely story. I'm Lorraine Sink, also a likely story.
0: (laughs) You look, like, straight into your camera when you said that, too. It was very good. I like that.
1: I like to act it out in full, even though no one can see me, which is great, because I didn't dry my hair today, and I look wild. Oh, God, I poured a glass of water on myself. Can you hear it? (laughs)
0: Yes, that's right, everybody. This week at Marvel 506 is off to a wonderful start. We are rocking and rolling.
1: We're doing great. My hair is crazy. My lap is damp. My dog is doing a dance. But you know what? Can't stop, won't stop.
0: It, It really is a big week because we have a lot of stuff happening. But if you're just joining us, On This Week in Marvel, we tell you all about what's happening this week in Marvel. Whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever, Lorraine and I are excited about. And there's always a lot to be hyped about.
1: This week is the beginning of Hero Girl Summer. Hot Girl Summer its a thing. But it's now Hero Girl Summer because Marvel Studios' Black Widow is in theaters. It might possibly be in a theater near you right now as we speak. Or you might be watching it on Disney Plus with Premiere Access for an additional fee. Listen, if you've seen it, do me a solid... Don't spoil it.
0: Right? Just please
1: let a person watch a movie and enjoy their life. We have waited long enough for this film. We deserve to experience it. And honestly, I've really appreciated how many folks who've been watching all the different series on Disney Plus who've been really cool about trying to not completely spoil something or, like, at least if they're going to tweet about it, they, they drop the spoiler way down at the bottom of the tweet with a spoiler warning. It's very appreciated. Just enjoy the movie. You deserve it. Yeah,
0: you really do deserve it. It's an experience. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. But there is also a really cool documentary about Heidi Moneymaker, the stunt double for Scarlett Johansson, and truly like one of the most amazing behind the scenes people in the MCU. She's helped give Black Widow that iconic action and fighting ability that we all love so much. So if you want, you can go to ESPN Plus and see e60 presents moneymaker behind the black widow which is now streaming on espn plus
1: she can really do all that stuff ryan do not mess with a moneymaker
0: i would never how dare you even put that in the in the atmosphere she is truly a treasure
1: you know speaking of super women marvel studios has posted a casting call for super women of the mcu there is a place to click Online. If you go to Marvel.com slash superwomen, you can apply to be featured in a documentary series that's honoring super powered women of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: If you or someone you know is that super powered fan of Marvel's strong women and would love to participate in this groundbreaking documentary series, it's time to apply. What was that URL?
1: Marvel.com slash superwomen. You do have to be 18 years or older to apply. Go check it out over on Marvel.com and uh, go be part of the amazing women that are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: Lorraine, we're also getting towards the end of something very, very special.
1: Yeah, July. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Marvel <laughs> Studios Loki. I cannot believe the finale is coming next week. Episode 5 just hit Disney Plus this past Wednesday and it was epic. Oh my god. I mean, you know, at the end of episode 4, we were like, oh, blah, 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 blah. what happens now? Like how do you keep doing show? How does show happen? Mm-hmm. And episode 5 has so many payoffs. Um I'm really excited, especially for our Marvel fans to watch it cuz like it is fun.
0: I think this series Marvel Studios Loki is also going to benefit from a full rewatch mm-hmm. after they're all available, which is again really soon. But episode five is out. Uh, You can always check out all the Marvel must-haves on marvel.com. There's interviews and different things, little Mm -hmm. Easter eggs revealed, plenty more on the website.
1: Yeah. um, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this, but I just thought this was one of the coolest things of this past week. Sophia DiMartino, who plays Sylvie on the show, tweeted about her costume for Marvel Studios Loki. And she was breastfeeding through the entirety of the of filming, basically. And she worked with the costume designer, Christine Wada, to create this special costume that she was able to be a parent and take care of her baby and be able to be on set and be a working actor. And I just think it's so cool. You should go look at Sophia DiMartino's uh, Twitter account if you want to see the picture. But it's just It's really nice.
0: That's awesome. It might seem small to some people, but it's a lot to others.
1: Oh, but more Loki goodness because Loki is now in Fortnite, inspired by Marvel Studios' The Avengers. Loki joined Fortnite as part of the July 2021 crew pack, and there's a bunch of cool stuff like Loki's outfit. He has his classic cape bling going on. You can also pick up some cool gear. There's Loki's scepter. Pickaxe as well as that Chitari chariot glider. More Loki, more Fortnite. Everybody loves Fortnite. Yeah. Two weeks. What? That's what a Fortnite is. Two weeks.
0: For all things Fortnite, <laughs> X Marvel, please stay tuned to fortnite.com and Marvel.com. We'll give you all the details. Lorraine, breaking news for the day that this episode goes out we have a trailer for Marvel Studios. What if, along with some amazing key art, I am beyond hyped for this I am going out not even on a limb I am going to stand on top of the mountain and say Marvel Studios What If is my favorite thing the MCU has done period the end bye
1: that's a legit process but I I can't say that I disagree it looks flipping awesome you also got to do an awesome Hasbro reveal Ryan
0: I did. Last week, I got to do something really cool with my friends at Hasbro. They have the MODOK World Domination Tour PulseCon exclusive pack coming this fall as part of Hasbro's PulseCon 2021. And it is a two-pack of Marvel Legends, including a Rockabilly MODOK figure, which is so good. He's got a pompadour, and he's got these sunglasses. He's got cheeseburgers that are weapons you can fire like weaponized cheeseburgers that are really great and it also comes with a figure of the captain and both of these are inspired by the next wave comics which are just a true ding-dang delight wonderful weird stuff in the packaging which is designed by a pal of mine anthony petrie who you can find him on twitter and instagram at ZombieBacons. he designed all the packaging and um they even included Next Wave art. So, art by Stuart Eminent in there, but they also like created a, a mock up of a 7 inch, like a vinyl 7 inch 45 RPM record with a single by Modoc and a set list as if Modoc were playing a concert. And it's really, really wonderful. I posted a video on Twitter, some live stuff on my Instagram, photos aplenty. There's an article on marvel.com. You can go pre order it now at HasbroPulse.com, but it's freaking great. Lorraine, you know how we've been making all these amazing Ultraman comics of late and they're really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I hear tell that there's some cool Ultraman stuff happening very, very soon. Do you do you think there's someone we could call?
1: Oh, what about your friend Ari?
0: Yes. Lorraine, can you hit the twin phone for us?
1: Sure, here we go. Uh, let me dial up the twin phone here. Beep boop 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 ring 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 ring. Ari's phone. Ring 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 ring.
0: Hi there. Hey, it's Ari. Ari, uh, could you please introduce yourself to the this weekend Marvel fans out there? For
2: sure. Yeah, my name is Ari Schonfeld. I work for uh, Shop Factory, and I handle all things Tokusatsu, kind of helping with the programming, with the design, the style, acquisitions, the whole shebang as far as anything that goes with Tokusatsu.
1: Now, Ari, right, Lorraine here on the uh, twin phone also. For anyone who's not super familiar with Ultraman, could you tell us a little bit about the characters if obviously you're not keeping up with the Marvel comics or the world of Ultraman that exists beyond it?
2: For sure. Uh, Ultraman has been going on for, you know, 55 years now. And it's kind of somewhat Japan's Superman. There's been many iterations. Actually, that's kind of the good thing about Ultraman is you can kind of find any series and watch it and go for it. You don't have to start from the beginning. There's many different areas that you can look at different styles anything that you could think of as far as action adventure uh, comedy uh, ultraman has and it's yeah it's a fun ride
0: you, you mentioned tokusatsu for anybody who doesn't know sort of the term tokusatsu or what tokusatsu is could you please quickly explain those
2: so yeah tokusatsu is a uh, live action with special effects so you're going to have your heroes which are going to be your, your ultras and then the monsters or aliens kaiju And there's no CGI in this. It's it's all in a studio with models and actors destroying things and saving humans from the kaiju.
1: So what is happening with a potential day for the Ultraman?
2: So yeah, on July 10th, it is Ultraman Day. Starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, we're having a Ultrathon event. We're basically doing a, a marathon of episodes from the 55 years of the series, and we're also premiering Ultraman Zero through event of Belly Out film. Uh, this will be the first time it's streaming in the U.S. and Canada. And we're also creating an original show to go along with it. It's just kind of like a fresh way to enjoy the same kind of shows that fans have been seeing for years now. This
0: is a big event happening, Ultraman Day, streaming. Where can fans find this?
2: The Tokushatsu channels are all going to be having that, and that's our channel on Twitch. We're on Theta TV, and we're also on Pluto TV. And then the Shout Factory TV channels will also carry it across all of our networks, Amazon Fire TV, Android, Apple TV apps. You can always just go to tokushatsu.com or find us on Twitter where we're kind of announcing everything. By the way, I have to let you guys know we are having some giveaways during the day thanks in part to our friends here at Marvel. So we're going to have toys, uh, mangas, uh, digital codes, just kind of making a fun day all around.
1: Well, awesome. We'll definitely go celebrate on July 10th.
2: Thanks, Ari. Thank you.
1: All right, onward, upward, and over a building. We have more news um, because Spider-Man No Way Home Toys have hit the internet webs. internet webs that's the internet webs
0: are a buzz that's what everybody says the internet webs are a buzz
1: a a spidey tingle
0: yeah they're they're tingling left right (laughs) they are tingling because there's stuff from funko there's marvel legends nerf toys and more you can see the stuff it'll be on shelves later this year
1: yeah yeah there's some really um cool fun stuff you can look at all of it over on marvel.com and and various other retailer sites it's gonna be good There's so much good stuff coming in the future. Oh, speaking of which, coming up pretty soon here, free comic book day is August 14th. Mark your calendar, get the family together, put on matching shirts and hats, and take a trip down to your local comic book store and see if they got a free comic book day for you. There's gonna be a comic Spider-Man Venom that's gonna be available at participating retailers. And it's going to be an exciting new age for the amazing Spider-Man.
0: Yes. Uh, We've been revealing little bits and pieces about this next iteration of Spider-Man. You've got Ben Reilly. It's got an amazing team of writers, including Kelly Thompson and Cody Ziegler and Zeb Wells. They're starting to show off more art and stuff. So you're going to really get your first glimpse at what's to come for Spidey in the free comic book day 2021 Spider-Man Venom comic. So mark your calendar again. What was that date, Lorraine?
1: August 14th, put on your matching shirts and hats with your family and get on down to Bob's comic book.
0: <laughs> we're we're thinking about going to Disney World for Catherine's first time. Aww. So we are thinking of getting do custom it. printed family T-shirts because I think my mom's going to come. We're going to do it up. We're going to be those people, and I'm very excited for it.
1: That's just great because then if you like lose anyone in your party, you're just like, they're wearing this what I'm wearing. Yeah. And also, you look great. You'll you'll be a full Instagram trap. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Anyways, moving on. Marvel's Wastelanders Old Man Star-Lord has a new episode, Chapter 7, Catching Fire, and it is now available to listen to. We've got a clip for you guys to listen to, so enjoy. I figured it out. I know how to find the Black Vortex.
3: The story will have to wait.
1: What? I'm about to unload a game changer and you want me to wait? Another
3: Doombot is approaching. You were followed.
1: What? No! That's impossible. Oh, because you're wearing a hat, you think you're invisible? We have ten seconds. Down! Behind the bar! Get down, get down. Put
4: the gun away. I'm not
1: gonna die on my knees.
3: A bullet's not gonna make
1: any difference. You can't see us, just stay down.
4: Individuals.
0: Standing for foreign individuals. It's right there.
1: Hot up.
0: Hopefully everybody is caught up on Marvel's Wastelanders, Old Man Star Lord. If you're not, don't worry about it. You can listen on Sirius XM or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Ryan, I don't like to bring up the other podcasts in your life, but <sighs> my mortal enemy. Tucker Marcus, Bizarro World Lorraine. He's from Dimension Z. He's the evil Lorraine of the Marvel's pull list dimension. What did you guys get up to this week?
0: Yeah, it was a really good one, actually, because, of course, Marvel Studios Black Widow is in theater, so everybody's talking about Black Widow, Black Widow, Black Widow. Well, this week we had on writer Kelly Thompson to talk about her current Black Widow comic book series, which I I think is my favorite comic that we're releasing right now. It is... So good. It's so emotionally devastating, but mm-hmm. funny and rewarding and beautiful. Elena Casagrande and Jordi Belair are just doing incredible work alongside Kelly Killian here. But we talk at length about the series. We do a reading club about the first five issues, uh, which you can read most, if not all of, on Marvel Unlimited right now. So it's really good for Black Widow hype. And also we talk about Thor and Loki, Double Trouble which the final issue of that limited series came out this week is wonderful. X-Men number one and Captain yeah. America number 30, which is the final issue of ta Coates' current series at Marvel. So big picks this week.
1: That is... A whole bunch of epic stuff. Everybody go listen to Evil Tucker Marcus and Evil Ryan Panagos on their. That's
0: fine. I'll be evil podcast. over there uh, <laughs> because I also hosted the Marvel Minute where I was, I was, look, let's be honest, no one gets to see it, but I'm very evil when we host, when I do the Marvel Minute. <laughs> I I say, I, I goof around a lot because you're the producer and we have a lot of fun shooting those episodes. So uh, we have an episode of the Marvel Minute, which is now live on marvel.com. And I also hosted a live stream with Ryan Stegman, who is just wonderful, and he's a great artist. He taught us how to draw Taskmaster. You can watch both those episodes on YouTube. Lorraine, were you on any videos
1: this week? A new piece with the cast and director of Marvel Studios' Black Widow just hit marvel.com. Go check it out. We also play a little game, which was very fun. So definitely go watch that this week. I, man, it's the week. Marvel Studios' Black Widow. All the ding, ding, time.
0: All right, Lorraine, it is time to get into our interview part of the show. We have wonderful guests this week. We are talking about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And who do we have with us?
1: We've got Eric Monticelli and Mary DeMarle. Eric is Senior Director of Product Development for Marvel Games. Mary DeMarle works for Eidos Montreal and is Executive Narrative Director and is an important part of writing marvel's guardians of the galaxy which is a very story driven game so there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about and dissect about the new sitch
0: yeah it's very exciting let's dig into marvel's guardians of the galaxy right now Ooh, the rain it's a great time here because we have a brand new video game that was just announced. So we are here to talk about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Very excited. We have two wonderful guests with us. Eric, you've been with us before. Hi. You're looking hey. wonderful today.
4: Thank you. You as well. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh, But Mary, welcome to the show.
3: Yay. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So since this is your first time on the show, we have to ask, what is your Marvel origin story? How would you first, like hear about the characters, become a fan, get connected. Maybe it was recent, maybe it was you know a bunch of years ago. What was it for you that first connected you to Marvel?
3: Uh, what first connected me to Marvel was long time ago when I happened to pick up one of the X-Men comic books. It was actually a, one of like an anthology book of all of it. I think I was in like high school at the time and I just fell in love with all the X-Men characters. And from that I went into The New Mutants and X Factor and all that stuff. And then life got in the way. So (laughs) although when I was first working in games, every Tuesday the design team would trek to the local comic book store and everybody would be buying comics every Tuesday. So that was kind of where I stayed in touch. And then of course the movies and then when the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, that was actually the first time I'd heard of the Guardians. And I remember seeing the trailers for that movie And thinking, what is this going to (laughs) be? This is weird, a talking raccoon. And I went to the movie kind of wondering and fell in love with it almost immediately. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, obviously, you've been here before. You talked about your Marvel origin story. But we didn't really talk about the Guardians. Did you grow up reading any of the Guardian stuff, like the Jim Valentino stuff?
4: Yeah, absolutely. The '90s uh was when I got super into just comics in general, and, and Mary, similar to yourself, I. I... You know, X Men was my first sort of foray into Marvel. I, I think I talked about that last time. But you know, when it was like Vance Astro and Nikki and Yandu and Starhawk and other people I don't remember on the team uh, <laughs> in, in the nineties, that's that's what I remember reading. And I remember thinking, you know, like Yandu's so cool with the mohawk and uh, that sort of thing. I was I was super into um, like punk rock and that culture around then. So the Guardians just fit the bill. They look so like rock and roll and, and cool that I, I, I loved reading those comics
1: yeah the guardians of the year 3000 oh man that's (laughs) yes uh,
4: Yes.
1: chef's kiss uh kind of comics congratulations because you got to announce the game which is a huge deal especially because i know you guys work on it for months and years and have to keep everything very very secret what was it like to finally get to announce it and what were some of the things you got to announce at e3 for the game
3: Well, I would say on my side, you're right. You work in secrecy for so long. You're so afraid that there's going to be leaks or people get out ahead of time and and stuff. And then you're just dying to tell your your friends and family, and you can't, you know? (laughs) And and we always use that that lovely catchphrase, you know, I'm sorry if I I tell you I'll have to kill you, (laughs) uh, you know? But... When, when knowing Sunday was coming, I think everyone on the team, the excitement was starting to ramp up. We were doing like a daily countdown in both French and English because, you know, it's a bilingual studio here. So. <laughs> and then being there and, I mean, being with a bunch of the writing team, I got together with the writing team and, and watching it go live, it was super exciting.
4: On my end, I'm the guy that has to go kill people if they leak it. So (laughs) that's a relief then. Yeah, relief. A big relief. And it's, uh, you know, I think just working so closely with IDOS and, you know, like we collaborate with them daily and, you know, just Mary working on the scripts that you sent over, which were like thousands of pages by now, I think.
3: Yeah, Um, yeah. I can't remember the page count, even though I always insisted we have to have a page number on every page. But (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
4: So, like, just reading those over the years and then finally being like, oh, man, this is public. This is, you know, out there and and seeing people react and getting those feelings is is amazing. Um, You know, and just all the little character teases and things we showed. And, you know, it's it's early days. The reveal's the first thing you do, but Square and Idox did a, an amazing job on just getting a lot of information out there yesterday, which I think is really special.
0: At the point where people are hearing this, there are probably a couple videos, Dev Diary and, and gameplay deep dives and, and the trailer and stuff. And yet just how much is jam packed into all of that? And then how much is still for y'all to share and like for the road to October? There's so much more. We got to hear a little bit about the gameplay, but could y'all please tell us a little bit about what the what kind of style of game it is? How would you describe it?
3: Well, it is a, a very narratively driven single player action adventure game. When we first started working on it, we looked at it and we were saying, you know, well, what can we do with this? You know, we're obviously IDOS, uh, we're known for our single player narratively driven games, but we were still thinking, you know, this is a new project for us. So what should we do? Should we do multiplayer? Should we do co-op? But the more we started diving into it, the more we just realized that the joy and the beauty of this is the guardians and the fact that you are hanging out with this team of very eccentric misfits who are so stubbornly true to who they are and unpredictable by being true to who they are, that we were just like, it's gotta be fun to just hang out with them. And how would you try and wrangle all those unpredictable actions? And that's kind of when we really settled on, yeah, we wanna play Star-Lord. He's the human in the group. We can identify with a human. And what is it gonna be like to be at the center of every dialogue every gameplay decision in order to see and react to how this team is and what does it feel like to be really just central and a part of these unique characters
4: i was just going to add to that that i I remember having those early conversations and, and talking about multiplayer or single player and i was you know, just really relieved when, uh, you know, Eidos just landed on on single player because telling the story through the eyes of Star-Lord, who's just human in this really alien world that's like sometimes hard to relate to. You have all these monsters running around. It just gives players a really instant connection into the world. You can understand, you know, like, from the human perspective, what they're going through, what they're doing, and then, yeah, the idea of, like, this dysfunctional family sort of bonding and coming together. And, you know, Mary and her team did an amazing job with the script to sort of just weave it all together and create this narrative that really makes you feel like the Guardians are there at all times, which which is awesome.
1: Well, another component of that is, you know, they do feel so realistic because the game is gorgeous. I mean... I was just really blown away by the overall look and style. Where did you pull inspiration for the visuals of the game and who did you work with behind the scenes? Namely, how much mocap did you do?
3: (laughs) Well, the mocap was really fun, but first, in terms of the visuals, we really dove deep into the comic books and we looked at all the different styles that the Guardians have appeared across all these comic books. And then we kind of started gravitating towards certain things like Gamora with her white armor and stuff. And we also looked at it from the character perspective. Okay, our Peter Quill, he was kidnapped in the 80s. He's been stuck in the 80s. So once we realized that, we were able to kind of say, say, oh, okay, so the clothing, the jacket, the, the Pell pins and all this stuff, even, even his hairstyle, he's stuck in the 80s. And that's really how we kind of did that. And then in terms of the mocap, it was so great because the key to the Guardians is they are this team, and there's a chemistry among this team. Even when they're fighting, there's this chemistry between them. And we found actors who, not only did we audition them separately, but we auditioned them together to make sure they had that chemistry. And then we took that into the mocap studio and mocapped all the scenes in it. And, And seeing them come to life like that was a lot of fun to see it transform through the stages and then get into the game the way you see it.
4: Yeah. And I, I think the art style, too, if you just look at, um, you know, the history of IDOS as a studio, they've had some amazing games they've produced and they've worked with designers um, for DSS. They work with Acronym, which is like, cool, this is this amazing designer and does a bunch of fashion stuff. And, you know, just the aesthetic of the game is it's so crisp and so clean and so uniquely Guardians pulling from the comic book roots, but also just expanding and putting their own touch on it was really really nice and you know I, I love that it's it's out there and it's so so cosmic and so purple and, and pink, colorful, know, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah colorful it's bright and colorful i love those those colors that... i think
3: we were happy to be able to use purple it was fun
4: <laughs> my, my favorite color so i love it
0: yeah purple is my daughter's favorite color too purple purple she says so uh she's she's gonna be happy to see it yeah i, I remember you know seeing internally a bunch of things early on and my first reaction was like whoa whoa all right this (laughs) looks really cool it looks it looks awesome and there was the mocap crew they just look like they're having so much fun the actors look like they are taking the material and just having a blast with it I mean we see a little bit in like dev diary there's so much footage that y'all captured of them laughing and screaming and dancing and getting into the world I'm very excited to see how that is Sort of manifested with these characters because, you know, I think a lot of our fans have connections to the Guardians of the Galaxy, and to see them in these versions is going to be very exciting.
3: Well, and one of the things for me that's really fun when you're on the mocap stage is to see the transformation that takes place. I mean, with these actors, you know, I mean, there is this great synergy and chemistry between them, like I said, on a personal level outside of the characters they play. But then when they actually get on stage and they suddenly transform into these characters, and it's wild to watch it. And I think one of my favorites was watching our Lady Hellbender actress, because the funny thing about her is she's, I mean, here you see you see Lady Hellbender. She towers over the Guardian. She's like taller than Drac. She's this huge, massive thing. But the voice actor for her was maybe about five foot, She's she's really small, but she would come on and she would get into that mocap and it was like you felt the presence of Lady Hellbender when she was performing. And even the dogs, you know, we we, we, mo- we brought we brought dogs in mm. to the studio to mocap for the first time, which was, yeah. we got lots of really great footage. I feel
0: like that's all you, Eric. You were like, dogs, 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 <laughs> dogs. Yeah, pretty much,
4: pretty much. I, I, we, we can't say too much about them yet, but you know, you saw a tease of Cosmo in the trailer. I was just over, I was like, please get Cosmo in. Please, please, please. So, so, so it happened and I can't wait to talk more about dogs because that's my thing. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's also my favorite thing, but I have to go back. Wait, let's talk about Lady Hellbender for a second, because I'm just so curious what influenced that decision to bring her in as a character within the game. And could you talk us a little bit through her backstory for anybody who's not familiar? Because what a fun addition to bring in.
4: The thing with Lady Hellbender that is unique is that she's fairly new to the comics. She hasn't been in the world of Marvel for that long. And it was really awesome to just, you know, work on a character that had that sort of like, you know, originality and and newness, but also just like seeing what IDOS wanted to do with her and and take her in a fresh direction uh, from what the comics had. So that was really cool. And you know, Mary, I know you and your team really loved working with her, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, it was we were building the narrative story and we knew we needed a character that I mean, we had a code name for this character. We called her Mama Rosa because we were like, we need this we need this gangster type character who is this real tough lady who the Guardians are going to come and try and swindle. and. So we threw that to Marvel to say, okay, so you know, can you recommend a character for us? because there's so many great characters in your lore that we could pull from. And Eric and his team, and Bill and the team came back to us with Lady Halbender and they said, she's relatively new. So take a look. And we were reading through her her comics and immediately we just were like, yes, this is, this is it. And we can have a lot of fun with her this character who she's the monster queen. She loves monsters and she has her own wildlife sanctuary for monsters. And it's like, yeah. And what can we do with that? And how can we pull that into this storyline? And, and we tweaked the story a little bit once we discovered her as the character.
0: I think for anybody listening, I think it's totally awesome Hulk where she showed up a bunch uh, of the last like five years or so. So go to Marvel Unlimited, read those up, but know that There's going to be a wholly unique version in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really cool. Eagle-eyed Marvelites will have noticed maybe the Blood Brothers, it looked like. Uh, Mantis, Uh, who are some of the the faces that we've seen so far show up?
3: I think you named them all. I mean, Lady Hellbender, that we've seen so far. There's a lot more that we haven't shown you yet, but we're holding off on revealing any of those. But yeah, I think you got them all. And there's a tall
4: um, bearded guy. There's one more, there's one more that, uh, oh yeah, the tall bearded guy, we're not talking about him too mm. much yet, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the one more at the end, there's root clutching on to a llama.
3: Oh, yes. Um, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> so very important, uh, that llama, the llama's name is Cammie. We're not going to talk about what role Cami plays in the game, but Cammie is a space llama and very colorful and awesome. And I remember getting the model for Cammie and just looking at the fur texture and I was like, "Oh my God, this is beautiful! Its fur looks lifelike. It's a, it's amazing to see that." So yeah, it us created that originally from their brains, and there's a great llama in it.
3: <laughs> so no, no llama mocap, no llama and mocap. Although I don't know how they did that mocap, quite honestly. And technically, I mean, in the game we call her Space Llama thingy and everything. In truth. She's an alpaca. There's a, there's a difference in size. Uh, <laughs> but, but she's a space llama. So there you go. So we talked a bit about the characters, but what can
1: you tell us about where we get to meet the characters in the story? I know you guys, it's still early days, so I don't know how much you can say, but what can you tell us? Yeah,
0: I think in the dev diary, it said they've been together for around a year at this point.
3: Yes, well, what was really great when we started working on this is is how Marvel came to us and basically said, we want you to do your own original take on this. We want you to make it yours. Don't make it like the movies, don't make it like the comics, just make sure you capture the essence of these characters and make it theirs. So we did the deep dive into, we watched the movies all over again, we watched some of the animated series, we dove into the comics and stuff, and then we came up with our original take and basically our story is taking place 12 years after a massive war has swept through the galaxy. It's not Infinity War, it's our own Galactic War, and every single Guardian their backstory ties into that in some way. For example, Peter was kidnapped right at the start of this Galactic War because his father was Jason of Spartex, and the bad guys want to keep them neutral, so let's kidnap the prince, you know. But now, Star-Lord, 12 years later, they're, everyone's still trying to recover and put that away and put that behind them. And then Star-Lord has the great idea of, if I can assemble this group of these base outlaws and convince them that there is a lot of money and some really great adventure to be had if we rebrand as Heroes for Hire and stuff. So that they have been together for a little over a year, maybe so long enough for them to know each other, but really not long enough to have gelled yet. And certainly Peter as the leader hasn't really learned what that means. You know, what does it mean to be a leader? So at that start of the story, they're familiar, they're kind of bantering and picking on each other. And then you'll get to see how their relationships grow and change over the course of the story.
0: I think one of the masterful strokes everybody has pulled off here is announcing this in June and releasing this game, this big AAA beautiful ultra game four months later. I've known this was the plan and I'm just excited because this lets you share so much in such a relatively short amount of time that people can get excited and hyped up about it. I want to dive into the gameplay a little bit, Eric. It's single player, which I think is something that Eidos Montreal does so, so well. But how does the rest of the Guardian squad factor into that single player like gameplay?
4: Yeah, so you're, you're Star-Lord. You are you Star-Lord. You play as Star-Lord throughout the game. You get all his cool gadgets and sort of his jet boots and his element blasters and everything like that, but wanted to make sure that the feeling of being part of a team was kept Throughout the game. So, as you're playing and as you're taking on these monsters in the gameplay video, we saw two different creatures. We saw Jacko gels, which are those little jelly things that look like jello <laughs> that kind of attack you, which I think, Mary, you named them, right? Like, I, I did, yes. Yeah, which is a perfect <laughs> name for them. you like spiky. Villainous gelatin uh, that comes at you, so jacko gels and then uh, slake beasts are those other creatures with the sort of tails that can freeze you and things like that and so you know when you're playing a star lord yeah you're you're awesome you're star lord, you're a badass, but playing with all the other guardians, you have you know the deadliest woman in the world, you have Drax, you have. A rocket and you have Groot and they all have their own unique abilities and special attacks that they can bring to the gameplay so you'll be playing a star lord you'll be able to you know maybe weaken the enemies a little bit but if you truly want to take them out and be strategic about it you know there's this tactical aspect of it of like hey maybe i need to send in Groot to hold the enemy in place while I'm able to fire on him as Star-Lord a little bit more and then throw a bomb with Rocket and make a bigger explosion and drain their health a little quicker. So it's really tactical. You you get in this rhythm of moving quickly and thinking about like, all right, what's the best way to take out these enemies? All the enemies have their own weakness and vulnerabilities. You'll probably notice when you play it in the game a little bit more of like, you know, as with every game, it was in development, so some of the HUD elements aren't done <laughs> that you saw in the game gameplay there was an amazing trailer that xbox did yesterday that talked about you know how uh, a lot of reveals like stuff isn't ready to show yet so you don't show it yet (laughs) so i keep i keep thinking about that trailer so with that in mind you know like when you actually get into the gameplay you'll see that there's like oh these enemies have this weakness and i need to use these characters to take them out quicker and maybe i'll get you know a little bit more of a perk and the coolest thing and and one of the Things we went back and forth on a lot is this unique thing called the huddle. And so, you know, you wanted to have that concept of being a team, right? And feeling like you're part of the team and, and what's sort of more, what screams team more than the huddle, right? Like that's like huddling around and just sort of like powering up the team. And it's really awesome because you get into the huddle and it's sort of like a roll of the dice and it's all based on the, the amazing soundtrack that's in the game and the soundtrack um, You know, you got some clues for which way to go. You have two choices when you're in a huddle, and you pick one or the other. And it creates sort of a effects of what happens in the battle arena after that. And, you know, I want people to play it. I don't want to say too much more, but it's really this cool flair that gets added to it. And so, you know, the combination of having all these different guardians with different skills and unique abilities at your disposal, plus Star-Lord's unique abilities and everything he can do, plus this huddle feature, just it's a very strategic and thoughtful gameplay. So it's pretty fresh and, and great.
3: And I'd like to add on that too that because I'm like more of a casual gamer. And what's really cool is that the Guardians, they really are independent throughout the whole game. And they feel alive. They don't feel like just AI following you. They feel really alive. And so when you're in the thick of battle, it's like they are out there fighting on their own and you you don't have to micromanage them and they are fighting the enemies and and all this stuff and you're just calling like for me is i'm fighting as star lord and suddenly i will see oh this enemy oh i I, if if drax comes in first so i'll call drax and and drax will attack and then i can combine those things but when i'm not calling them in they're fighting on their own as well so it makes for some really dynamic fast-paced combat
1: It sounds so cool, you know, because you get sort of the thrill of playing like a group style game, but you can do it on your own. But something that I thought was really interesting from some of the stuff I've been watching about the game is how they have their own personalities and they'll apparently challenge you, you know, (laughs) challenge Star-Lord in his decision. Mary, what was it like for you writing those pieces, you know, where everybody has an opinion about what you're doing?
3: Well, that's also part of the joy and the fun of this team is that, you know, they do have very strong personalities and they do have very strong opinions. They are, you know, following you as the so-called Leader, but they are arguing with you a lot, and and that leads to some opportunities. And you know, as you're walking around, you can always interject into their conversations as they're bantering amongst themselves, and you're exploring environments. And then it's like when we pop up, you know, as the guardians are talking and Star Lord is interjecting, we pop up a choice, do you want to answer or do you want the conversation to flow this way, do you want it to flow this way, or are you just going to ignore it and let it continue on its own? So that led to a lot of really interesting writing challenges, of course, because you're basically writing three conversations in one, and how do they all flow and how do they merge and stuff and then they never stop i mean in in battle they're always commenting and they're always you know talking about this and stuff so it is fun and it's a challenge and some of the challenge in the writing too is because we do have these choices and the guardians remember these choices. So later on, you know, you will have said something or or done something while you're exploring in a certain in- environment and later on you're inside the Milano and you have an opportunity to talk to them potentially one-on-one and you'll go talk to Rocket and he will remember and he will bring up what you said or what you did in that conversation and then you kind of flow with it that way. So It's a lot, a lot of writing, and I had really good writers on my side helping me with it.
1: Now I understand that 1,000-page script.
4: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of just emergent dialogue, like when you're playing, a lot of games you play and there's, you know, there's some dialogue fills and gaps and stuff, but like, every time I've, I've played through this game probably like six times now and every time I've played through it I hear something new which is a, just a testament to like how much work went into the writing and the banter system and everything going in there it's pretty great you always feel like there's you know a team around you which is what you want
0: is yeah, speaking of teams Mary you mentioned your you know the writing team what's that process like you know working with the various writers and then obviously working with a company like Marvel that's a unique situation because We are very, I I would imagine Eric and the team and Bill are very protective of our characters and lore while still giving y'all tons of freedom and room to explore. And obviously it's really cool and unique. What is that process like for everybody?
3: it worked really really well working with marvel on that because i have a bunch of writers on staff a lot of them are huge marvel fans they know more about the licenses than i do which was really great and you know we we internally we kind of come up with this story and then we start dividing that story into each of the chapters that we're doing and we create internally these teams to create the chapters and we embed a writer with it. So the script itself is like, I'm always kind of sitting there assigning the various scenes and the various chapters to the various writers. So we might have two writers working on a single chapter and just in terms of the banters uh, that we have to write. And within that chapter, maybe there's three or four cut scenes and those cut scenes may be those writers from the chapter, but they could be other writers. So everything. They're doing it, they're funneling it back to me. I'm basically constantly reviewing it, giving them feedback, and when we get it to a point that we're like, all right, let's get Marvel's eyes on this, we send it off to Eric's group, and then we get their comments and feedback and incorporate it all to make sure that this really does sound, I mean, like we are capturing the essence of these characters and we are making them sound like the characters that they are, because none of us want to get that wrong. We just, we were so in love with these characters that we want it to be special and we want it to be funny and we want it to be true to who they are.
1: You also have a really cool, unique circumstance with Marvel that, you know, you have Bill Roseman who worked with that team, as well as Dan Abnett, who of course was really instrumental in telling those stories in comics. What was it like getting to tap them for their knowledge and getting to see their reaction to the game as it becomes more final?
3: With Bill, Bill was with us all along and it was really great. And I think like, for example, a really great story that we often tell about that is when we started working on this project, you know, Marvel was like, make them yours, make them yours. And so we're like, all right, let's see how far we can push that. And we <laughs> created our first visual look. We pushed it all the way to 11. And we had these characters. And then Bill came in, and he was looking, and he's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I see a lot here. Let's, you know, kind of start... Tony it down a little bit and bring it and, you know, and make sure we get the hearts. And then we did, and we worked with Bill a lot and Tim and everyone over there. And we got to the visual version of the Guardians that still captures who they are, and yet is unique to our game. In terms of Dan, actually, he didn't work on the game. His inspiration to us was that we read all of his comics at the beginning, and we did a lot of that. So in the end, it was fun to show him the finished product and to see, did we get it right? (laughs) What does he think? And he did, he loved it. He loved it enough that we actually did get him to do a little something extra for us that I can't really reveal too much about right now but yeah so but the actual game itself he didn't other than being one of the prime inspirations for it he didn't work on much of the story and dialogues
0: yeah I also liked I saw James Gunn reacting to it on social media he was he was like clearly honed right in on Kami but it's cool like to see people glom on to different things and, and their reactions I know a lot of fans are like "Go more uh, where they were, like, super excited. Her look, fabulous. And I saw Iban Coelho, one of our Marvel artists, he was, like fawning over uh, the game and excited and he was posting some of the pages of guardian stuff that he did uh eric it, it's just got to be fun to see the marvel family far and wide come together over something that you've been working on for years
4: yeah and that's the coolest thing and i mean our fans reacted and you know the comparisons between lady hellbender and, and lady d and resident evil village were hilarious so just seeing like all the all those sort of things which i expected and it was like okay cool i'm glad that it got out there you know these big strong powerful women but it's it's just really really cool to see all that and i think one of the the cooler things too is we revealed the game informer cover and we got marco Ciccetto to do the art for that and then matt wilson colored it and you know like having that reaction and then one of the most fun sort of shout outs was bonnie tyler who wrote the song i need a hero she posted a gif of herself sort of from the video reacting to the 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 trailer which was like oh that's amazing so you know i, I think it's really cool to see you like everybody from across all different you know music and art and film and everywhere just sort of reacting to it and you know yeah it's it's been a long time coming and so it just feels really good to get it out there
1: i know and so many people were so jazzed about getting more gamora out in the world which i think is so awesome and i'm so excited to see new characters like cammy um make, make it onto our video game screens But I'm curious, Mary, what character is your favorite to write the voice of? I feel like this is like your inkblot test.
4: (laughs) Who's
3: your favorite? No pressure. No pressure, no pressure. (laughs) I mean, I have to say each of the characters is so unique and so lovable on their own. It's just really great. But I will say the character that I did have the most fun with was mantis because we look at mantis and obviously we know mantis from the movies and we know her from the comic books and she's very different in the comics than she is in the movies and when i saw that i was like all right now it's our turn to see what we can do to make mantis a very unique character in our storyline and so we really worked on her quite a bit to find a voice for her but then we nailed it and i think you guys will be really surprised when you hear it and when you see her and the actress who portrayed her just nailed it so she's the one i enjoy the most i can't wait to meet this (laughs) man
0: eric do you have a favorite
4: Man, I can't say my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of, like, a clever way to say it. I was like, if I do, I give it away. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I was just really pleased to see, like, all these new characters come into it. You know, Lady Hellbender is, the performance for her was amazing. And, you know, like, I still think of the lines at the end of the gameplay video, how dare you have the audacity, (laughs) you know, like that (laughs) sort of line. Yeah, which gets in my head because, like, she... Just a, such a cool character. Um, so Lady Halbender is probably like one of my favorites. It's probably my favorite actual person. I'll say that. That's my hint at who my actual favorite is. But <laughs> Lady Halbender <laughs> is my favorite person.
0: Oh, fair. All right, um, look, we'll, we'll have to have you come back on closer to the game's release or after the game's yes. release so we can Sounds talk great. a little bit more in depth about all this.
1: As the game, you know, is out there with fans starting to get to experience what it's going to be like in the coming months what are you most excited for this game for the fans to see upon launch?
4: For me personally, I'm excited for them just to get their hands on the sticks and and control the characters and and play it. But there's so many cool set piece moments in the game and and just a lot of like interesting action. And it's such a great game. Like you're playing through the game and you feel it's really good at evoking like this emotion of, feeling like you're just part of the guardians and that's such a cool thing and i think that sense of belonging that sense of being part of a team that sense of coming together and and working against all odds to take on this force that's trying to take out the universe is remarkable and and one of those things that just gets evoked as you play through the story so i'm really excited to see how people respond to that and you know it's, it's a very interesting journey that goes from you know like they're fighting a little bit to this family. And and seeing that happen is is really, really cool.
3: Yeah, and for me, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly on all that. I'm also, you know, obviously I want to make sure that we got the humor right, because humor is one of the hardest things in the world to write, especially when you're working with it for so long. You're kind of like, you hear it again and again, and you think, is it still funny? Is it still funny? So I'm really excited to see The response to that humor but also there's some really amazing powerful emotional scenes in the game at the same time with a variety of the characters and it just keeps coming so i can't wait for that to get out there and people to start commenting on that kind of stuff And also, like, I mean, it's funny because, like, for instance, the gameplay, you can do all this exploration within, you know, there's little limited areas of exploration, and you can find all those costumes, and you can find these things we call guardian collectibles, and they're something that would be interesting to the guardians, to a particular guardian, and then you can go back and they get onto the Milana with you, and then you can have these one-on-one conversations to discover more of the backstories of the Guardians. So there's so much to discover and in, in just by playing it.
0: Wow, I'm excited. Eric, how many times did you say you played through it so far?
4: I think six, if I remember by my count, but I mean, I you know, like when a game's in development, you jump around a lot and play different levels. So I've probably, I have definitely start to finish played it through about six times.
0: All right. We'll we'll catch up with you by the time the game releases. See how many times you, you played through it by then. Yes, uh, I'm excited to, to hear about that. Uh, I'm yeah. excited for everybody to uh, to to learn lots more over the next couple of months. And um, yeah, get hyped! Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy coming October 2021. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mary. And thanks for making a Thank freaking you. cool game.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy it. Thanks.
0: All right, they were terrific. I'm very excited by the game, and I'm very excited for everybody to learn more as we get closer to the release later this year. But we got to move on with this episode because we are going to be talking about Marvel Studios' Black Widow next week. We have amazing guests. We have director Kate Shortland as well as star David Harbour and a feature from Women of Marvel's podcast interview with stars Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. So, Lorraine, with that in mind, what is our question of the week?
1: You know, given that we've all wanted a Black Widow film for so long, and I know fans definitely were so sad at the end of Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame, but we got our Black Widow film. So now what does it mean to all of you to have a Black Widow film? You can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com, or you can message them to us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. Make sure, of course, to tell us if it's okay to read on the podcast so we can read it on the podcast.
0: I'm excited for just, like, it means a lot to have that representation of family on Mm -hmm. the big screen with a, a character that we've, you know, we've grown to love so much and seeing, you know, her have this family and all the, the trials and tribulations that go along with it. And I'm also excited and like it means a lot to me to be able to show the movie to my daughter in mm-hmm. many years uh, when she can handle the kind of action, adventure and emotional turmoil that comes from a big budget Marvel Studios film. But it's it's exciting.
1: When I got to see Black Widow make her first appearance in Marvel Studios Iron Man 2, I definitely was like, oh, my God, it's Black what I'm so excited. You know, I was just jazzed that she was in a movie, you know. And then I think over the years getting to see her in all these amazing ensembles, I've just really wanted to see her sort of strike out on her own and to get to see more of her story, especially because, you know, she is a character who has a lot of secrets, who keeps to herself. So th- there is something really nice about getting welcomed into that story of a person that isn't always open for business in that way.
0: Everybody, you have your mission. Let us know what you think. And let's move on because we have some answers from last week's question of the week, which was, what is your favorite Marvel game of all time? Which I know is like a loaded question. That's a tough one, but we got a bunch of great answers.
1: There's a right answer and we're going to find out if you got it.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Uh, first up, we have David Goodner at RD Goodner, who says, my favorite Marvel game is the original Marvel Superheroes RPG from TSR in the 80s. It was... Utterly groundbreaking and loads of fun. Uh, That was the right answer right off the bat.
0: Wow. Uh, Off the bat. We've got a tweet in here from Devin Coulson at Devin Coulson saying, the first Marvel game I ever played was Ultimate Spider-Man. And to this day, it's still one of my favorites. Loved getting to play as both Spider-Man and
1: Venom. Congratulations, Devin. That was the right answer.
0: (gasps) Wow, two right answers and they're both different. How could that be?
1: There's only one right answer. Next up, we have Night Next at Night Next, which says, Captain America and the Avengers had a lot of fun playing this one for hours. I never beat the game. I was six years old, though but at least I found my favorite Marvel character forever. Oh, what a happy ending. You also win.
0: I also love this game. You get Captain America and Hawkeye riding their little sky cycles, and you get Vision and Iron Man flying around. You got tons of villains. It's got a weird little chunky art style. I friggin' love that game. All right, Karis Pollard at A. Karis Pollard says, I'm not at all a gamer, but I loved Marvel Avengers Alliance. I swear my Nova love started there. But definitely loads of weird characters I know from there, like Spiral. Oh, I miss Marvel Avengers Alliance. Me and former This Week of Marvel host (laughs) Ben Morse, we would play that game. Obsessive. All the time. And it was Mm -hmm.
1: great. Uh, Also the correct answer. Moving on. The Kawaii Prince at Colin J says best Marvel game? Easy. X-Men cabinet arcade game. My friend and I spent hours on the game at the Pizza Hut right by my parents' house as kids came for the pizza, stayed for the X-Men. Oh man, I used to play that game all the time at Peter Piper Pizza in Bakersfield, California. And it was the jam...
0: All I could think about is how disgusting those arcade cabinets must have been from all you greasy fingered little kids. Oh, yeah. You were just like slamming pepperoni pizza into your gullets and then just like rubbing them all over the machines.
1: Oh, yeah. That's how you won. You rubbed your pepperonis on the handles. The next person slipped on the grease. Whoop.
0: All right. We've got another one in here from Sabertooth Defense Squad at Captain Vriska. They say, X-Men Destiny is my favorite Marvel game for being the only game where you can play on the side of the brotherhood and actually having an interesting, nuanced story. Pretty cool, weird, deep dive pick.
1: Wow, all right answers, no wrong answers, yet there's only one right answer. Next up, we have Megan McCabe at Ms. Megan McCabe, who, um, it's not so much as a tweet as it is a read, Ryan. Mm-hmm.
0: No, uh, she's and she's not wrong.
1: She said, okay, but how did Namor not make Ryan's list of who to hang out with at the Hellfire Gala? And you know what? When you're right, you're right.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Thank you for reminding me what really matters in this life. It's very, very important. We've got a Facebook message in here from Dustin Radliff, who says, Dear Lorraine and Ryan, I feel like it's been forever since I've written to you. I've been binging This Week in Marvel just to catch up on everything going on. And wow, first off, How are you and how are you enjoying Marvel Studios Loki so far? It's been so fun getting my family together to watch it every Wednesday night. If anything, I would love to go to the Hellfire Gala to meet you two and talk about Loki all day long. I really enjoyed you having Tom Hiddleston on your show. Hearing him speak is an absolute treasure in itself. Discovering that his introduction to the Marvel Universe was Spider-Man, I was grinning ear to ear. Wow. Knowing that his and my introduction into Marvel were the same made me so happy as a fan. Had that connection just warmed my heart and i really wanted to share that with you anyway as always congrats on your continued success and lorraine i hope you get to join the mcu one day who would you want to be in the mcu
1: that's a great question who would i want to be in the mcu i mean Hmm. me can i be me um i would also settle for like a lady stilt man or asbestos lady yes i'm trying to asbestos i can that's my audition. Call me Kevin Feinke. <laughs> Kevin, get
0: on it right now. That is that is money in the bank.
1: All right, moving on. We have a nice big email here from Bobby Petrie, which says, Hey, Lorraine, Agent M, and possibly James M. Eigelhart, our sometimes host over here, who's busy off in the world doing wonderful things. We can't wait to have him back. You guys know me as Robert at Rogers 44 on Twitter, but as what I wish to say will be longer than a tweet can allow, I'm sending this through Messenger. I have been wrestling as to if I wanted to share this or not, but here goes. Ever since I was in high school, I always felt out of place, mostly for my geeky nature, but inside me felt different too. Throughout college and much of my time reading comics after high school, I found myself gravitating towards characters like Carol Danvers, Ms. slash Captain Marvel, Bobby Morse, aka Mockingbird, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, and Anna Marie, aka Rogue. At first, I considered this mostly to be how they were written and just the stories they were involved in as to why I leaned toward them. But over time I found myself relating heavily in many ways, but above all the fact that they all had another side to them and have struggled with identity. Last year, during the height of the pandemic, I was considered an essential employee, and between my two jobs at the time, I found myself working 70 plus hours a week. During all of this, I began having old demons resurface in my mind, making me feel inadequate and not happy with myself in general. These feelings had not been as strong since I was a reasonable bit younger. I began to take a deep look inside as to why I felt this way. Ironically, one of the things I did was to make a list of all my favorite Marvel characters and the attributes that make me like or relate to them. And after much introspection, I came to my truth that I had been hiding a part of me, the true me. By the time you read this on air, hopefully I will have passed my one year anniversary of coming out as transgender. It hasn't been an easy road, but between your guys' optimistic outlook every week and reading my comics, I've come a long way. My pronouns are she, her, and my chosen name is Bobby, a choice that I made before I knew about Mockingbird post high school, but still gets me a good ribbing from my friends on a regular basis. Thank you for listening to my story. I hope that Maybe in sharing this, it helps others who are like me feeling off but not knowing why and to not keep yourself bottled up. Isn't that Uh, so lovely?
0: Bobby, I read this and it just made me so happy that you shared this with us and that we were okay to share it with the world. And we're so proud of you and so excited for you to find this for yourself right like
1: Mm -hmm. this is just amazing thank you so much for sharing your story with us and and anyone who's listening because it is a really wonderful brave thoughtful thing to do to share your story and i i hope it it does help people feel a little bit more seen in this world um you're a hero too yeah
0: and uh look if you need other people to talk to I think we all have friends or family members over here who have come out as transgender. You can feel free to reach out. I'm happy to connect folks, but uh, Bobby keep being awesome. Thank you for, uh, for writing in and letting us know you're back out there. And um, hopefully, hopefully you've got a little bit of a break from those 70 hour work weeks.
1: Yeah.
0: A little bit. I hope. Oh my gosh. Be safe. Be awesome. And, uh, that's a wrap for us this week. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Canadas.
1: Our audio development manager is Brad Martin.
0: Jill DeBoth is our director of audio.
1: And special thanks to Modox Detox, the detox tea that'll make you get ahead, and little tiny arms and legs. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine.
0: And this is Marvel.
1: Your universe.